Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Lifeline Podcast. Uh, my name is Neil. I'm here with Matthew Statler. And today we are continuing on in our series on 10 questions to diagnose your spiritual health. Um, so far, we've gone over, you know, thirsting for God. We've talked about growing and uh, God's word governing us. Um, and today we're kind of taking a shift more towards affections, affections for our God, but also affections outward from there. Right, Matt? Yeah, and I would also say some volition, right? Because love yeah. is a is an action. Yeah, that's right. So this is a the the question is, are you more loving? You know, and what Whitney kind of teases out in this chapter is that the clearest mark of a Christian is how we love. Uh, yeah. Do we love our God? Do we love others? And so love is a central um aspect of the christian life and it's it also is very telling if we are it's telling of our spiritual health if we are resistant in love if we are ugly with others if we're impatient with others if we are uh, not seeking to um, imitate god and his love that he expresses towards us like all of it you know when when we start to unpack what love is and and how it's expressed in our lives um it can either show that man we are growing uh, more spiritually mature and and have a good baseline of health or it can expose that and there's some very real issues going on in our hearts that we might want to tend to um matt like you want to give like just a brief overview of the chapter yeah so donald starts out with talking about um god's word and how the importance uh is placed on christians loving um and he gives several passages uh, one of course is john 15 12 this is my commandment that you love one another as i have loved you and then he goes into the decline of love um he just he talks about what kind of love right yeah um the motivations behind love are important and then talks about love in real life, gives several areas, and then he talks about cultivating love. Um, overall, I think, you know, a real solid chapter. Uh, he as he as he transitions into decline of love, Neil, he says, uh, we're not growing in love when we have time for projects, but not for people. Mm. And I thought that was um, a tweetable moment, something that stood out. <laughs> Um, they hit hard, right? Um, if we're so busy with a project, but not people. And I think we see this in our own families in particular. Um, you know, we're, we're so wrapped up on getting to the next activity or the next event, or, um, you know, we have animals at our house. And so a lot of times it's like, hey, these animals need to get fed and cared for, go and do it. And it's more, I'm more interested in getting the activity done than teaching my son the, the details in there or he wants to talk about it and um i can tell that i'm care more about the project than the person and uh, i think that's a helpful corrective yeah for me one thing that i've noticed like in my family dynamic or even when i'm with others right it's when my phone's in front of my face and maybe I'm sending a work email or whatever else. And my kids come up and they want to talk to me. They want to engage with me and I'll give them 
I'll answer them, but I'm not looking at them. I'm not putting my phone down. And what that communicates to them is that I care more about the project than them as people. So there's a lot of different ways that can be expressed, you know, like work for, especially for men, work can become all encompassing, right? We can neglect, we cannot love our spouses well because of work or our kids or, or the people in our church or, you know, all of the different relational dynamics in our life kind of get put to the wayside when we are so focused on the project at hand. And, and this is, that's like a, a pit, a potential pit to just to fall into. Right. I think, you know, early on, Matt, in my ministry, this just was something that I had to learn that there's always going to be more work tomorrow. And, uh, at some point I have to put it down. You know, we come from the military, uh, kind of have that background. Right. And, and it can be so easy to think like, I have to do everything every day because how many people are counting on me or or this that and whatever pretension we might uh hold to um or lie we may believe um we have to be really careful um because what it expresses to others is that we just don't really care about them you know um, one of the things that struck me on that section, Matt, on the decline of love is really the the first sentence. I thought it was also very tweetable. Um, yeah. It says, when love grows colder, our sin increasingly manifests itself and we look more unlike Jesus. Ah, that was such a good uh, comment. Um, how, how do you? How how might you interpret that sentence? It's a little it's a little crafty. It's very creative, right? That sentence there. Yeah, and I like how he unpacks it by uh, taking us to First Corinthians thirteen, that love chapter. Yeah. So he says, "When love grows colder, our sin increasingly manifests itself, and we look more unlike Jesus." And then he goes on and says, "We lose patience easily." Whereas 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says that love suffers long, uh, unkindness becomes common, yet love is kind. We become sinfully envious of the advantages and privileges of others, perhaps even of those within our own family. Conversely, love does not envy. Uh, and it's just, it, it shows that as our love for the Lord and our love of others uh, grows cold, we can see it in our sinful responses. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so we sinfully respond when our love is cold versus when our love is hot, we are more tenderhearted, we're more kind, we're not envious, we, we are excited about the advantages that others have um, for the potential because we're on the same team. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we see this in our families, right? I, I think when um, when we're neglecting in family worship or we're focused on activities over people, you know, projects over people, I think we see that with our kids, that they begin to be more nitpicky with one another. They're they're more focused in on, on the problems rather than in potential. And I think, wow. I think that's exactly it. Yeah, one uh, biblical counselor that I really appreciate, his name's Nick Ellen, and uh, he, he breaks down our responses 
um, in three categories. He says we either have loving responses, which are going to be righteous um, and, and governed by God's word. Um, we'll have unloving responses, which will be sinful, uh, sin being manifested in our responses, like Matt was saying. Or we'll have neutral responses, and nothing stays neutral very long. It'll either shift towards loving or shift towards unloving. I think that's very helpful, too, because um, if you take the overall theme of love and how it grows in the heart of a believer, uh, what should happen over time as we mature uh, or as we're diagnosing our spiritual health, we should be able to um, pinpoint, am I responding in a loving manner or an unloving manner? Or when I have a neutral response, where does it go as I think about the situation? Does it go unloving and sinful or does it move itself because God's words and God's word is in my heart to move itself towards a loving response? And that's just a, a way to think about it as well as you diagnose this aspect of your heart. So what yeah, is the using, kind of go ahead? Using sorry. An illustrate, you know, using an illustration. Um, you know, just like a doctor would diagnose the symptoms, well, the symptoms are unkindness, uh, envy, the, you know, these quick to anger, not long suffering, you know, impatience. Those are all symptoms that your love has grown, gone cold over here. And so getting to the root of that. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the love that we're kind of talking about? Because he, he, he kind of breaks down some aspects of love that work we're not going to discuss, right? Uh, yeah. One of the ones that was, <laughs> oh, I thought was really funny. And just uh, how many marriages I've counseled at this point, how often I see it is the kind of quid pro quo type of love. You know, you do this, I'll do this. You know, you put your 50% in, I'll put my 50% and then we'll have a hundred. But if you won't, then I won't, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. it's, it's pleasure seeking, right? Um, that that's not the types of love that we're talking about. And we're also not talking about natural affection, right? Like yeah. you have kids and you naturally love them. Of course, um, they are yours. They're your, your, your family. That's not the kind of love that we're talking about growing. We're, we're, we're talking about a far more beautiful extension of love that comes uh, through a relationship with Christ. So what is what is love? What are we talking about here, Matt? What has love got to do got to do with this? Well, I like how he says we with the standard of love is is scripture. Mm. Um, and because the heart is deceitful, we can trick ourselves into thinking that we are loving when rea the reality is our loving actions are only a veneer for too much self-love. So um, selfless love is or self-giving love uh, would probably be a better definition. Um, you talked about the counterfeit and the reciprocal love, yeah. um, unbalanced love. So love in real life, there's going to be three areas that we will be demonstrating. First yeah. is love for other Christians will strengthen so one of the clearest indications that we have the spirit of God is love for others in whom he lives. Yeah. So we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren, 1 John 3, 14. So relationships with Christians is going to increase. And I think that's interesting that he uses that 
because we know that the church is made up of people with disparate interests, right? Sure. Uh, the one thing that we're there for is the worship of Christ, but all of us would not normally associate with one another. And so it's a community that's compelled by Christ, a compelling community, if you will, and that draws us. And so my my loving someone who I have no other thing in common with except for Christ shows there's a Christ-like love happening. Yeah, it, it also expresses like true regeneration. You know, you think you think about natural love, right? This this would be a new nature love if you were to, you know, kind of consider it that way. Because, love. yeah, because God has changed your very nature and he's saved you into a collective community. Now you're expressing that love you've received from God to those in your new family, right? Your new, your new household, um, the household of the faith. You know, in Galatians 6.10, it says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are in the household of the faith. You know, like right there, Paul, the Apostle Paul talking to the church in Galatia, he's saying, hey, like our love should be expressed to all people, but more so, it should grow more so in the household of the faith, um, because this is your new family, your your redeemed, your redeemed siblings, right? Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then he shifts over, which I love that he did this. Um, the second area of growth in love is a love for the lost. You want to talk about that? Yeah, he just says, uh, um, you are going to love those who are lost um, more and more. Mm. And um, he gives some illustrations, of course, talking about Jesus as the primary example of this. And uh, even loving our enemies and not just those who love us. And that's, that's a huge indicator. Yeah, and the Bible talks about that a lot, you know, like what good is it to you if you just love those who love you, <laughs> right? Like That's that right. proves that proves nothing. That doesn't show that you're growing in this, in your capacities to love. Uh, that just shows that you reciprocate what you receive. Um, but one of the things I think is telling of a believer is that when you rightly understand the gospel, when you rightly understand what you've been given. Um, you want to, you begin to desire to extend that gift to others because uh, you you know where they're going, right? Like the the people in the family of God, you're confident in the direction that they're going. They're they're going to grow up in maturity in Christ. They're going to be with Him for eternity. But for the lost, they will be separated from God, receiving His wrath for eternity. And without a growing love and desire to preach the good news of Jesus Christ to them, man, we we are going to be so unloving, right? Uh, uh, another way we are unloving uh, to the lost is when we compromise truth. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we see that all the time, right, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so easy to see, you know, well, we'll just accept them. Mm -hmm. Or we'll, you know, scripture does teach this, but we want to be great, you know, gracious or loving. So uh, we're just not going to bring it up. We're not going to practice church discipline. We'll sweep um, it under the rug. Yeah. We're, yeah. Well, I'm just going to forgive them and not confront them. Or right? they miss the important aspect of 
uh, confrontation, um, admonishment that's required yeah. in scripture. Um, you know, and then that's a selfish love, I would say. That's a, yeah. a self-preserving. I don't want an awkward conversation, so I'm, I've forgiven them, or I'm, you know, we're not going to deal with it. Not going to uh, rock the boat at all. I'm not going to rock the boat. Yeah, mm. I'm not going to offend. Um, but yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, so we don't compromise our faith uh, to outsiders, but we also don't compromise our faith to insiders as well. You know, the way one of the ways that we love Christians more is by, like you said, Matt, practicing church discipline. Like when we see a brother or sister in sin, we're because of love, we're willing to confront the sin and not only confront it, but say, like, I'll walk with you through it. You know, bear the I want out of it. Yeah, exactly. I'll bear this alongside you. I'm more, I'll grieve over this with you. I'll rejoice when you have victory over this with you, right? Like we, we cultivate a uh, love for other believers uh, when we are, uh, when we have courage and boldness to deal with sin and suffering in a biblical way, but also with outsiders as well, where we, we go, you know, your greatest need is Christ and you need to repent of your sins and believe in him. Like that is a beautiful expression of love uh, extended through the work or the, the discipline of evangelism. Yeah, and so you know that those are the first two categories. What's the third? So the third area is to examine when measuring your growth in love is love for your family. Ooh, that'll so, get you. <laughs> yeah, that'll get you. Um, nowhere are we more aware of our unloving words and ways than at home. Um, and you know, I think our spouses are um, a a form of uh, reflection. They can they can tell us. When, when we're being more unloving, when we're being unkind, they may notice it faster than we would notice it. Um, and that's that's the benefit of, of marriage is being able to be called out, you know, by our spouse, being admonished by our spouse. Um. So. Yeah, then he, he raises an interesting point, right? He's like, but what about my neighbor down the street who's not a believer? who loves his family well, he's growing in his love for his family. Like, what's the difference between that person's love and then Christian love? Well, the difference is that our love is an extension of, of the desire and the, the obedience to do the will of God, right? Like Christian love begins with God. It doesn't begin with us. Um, we love because like first John says, he first loved us um so as we grow in more satisfaction and delight in his love we begin to delight in loving others or extending that grace to others and the more enjoyment we find in god as god the more we truly enjoy being like him by loving others uh, so the the aim here is to grow in joy of the lord that vertical relationship uh kind of maps out how we express those things horizontally in our regular relationships with others. So, so cultivating it, right? Like maybe you're listening to this podcast. You're like, okay, I hear what you have to say, Matt, Neil. Um, those are, those are helpful things. Right. But like uh, this exposes, or I'm convicted over this. Like, what do I do? What, what are some things, some practical steps I can take to grow in love because I, I recognize 
I'm really failing in this degree or the next. Well, first, love is Christian love is unnatural. Yeah. Right. So so there's this element where it's like, okay, I recognize that I will not naturally do this. Um, I am not going to seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. I'm going to seek myself, right? My my common prayer is not thy will be done. It's my will be done. And so first we have to have transformation. We have to have repentance. We need to turn. Um, but you can meditate on love as the most important distinguishing mark of a Christian. Hmm. So spend time meditating on the concept of love, right? First uh, Corinthians 13, um, all the lists that he gives in this book from Romans 12 and First uh, Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4. Uh, look at these things. First John, of course, First John is all about love and, and uh, assurance of salvation. Um, so begin to meditate on what it means that Christ loved us, and that should um, expose the expulsive power of a new affection, the love of Christ that we've been meditating on should push out lesser loves and make us more self-sacrificing because of the ultimate sacrificer. Right. Yeah. And you know, why, why meditate? Well, because of spiritual amnesia, <laughs> it's yeah. a, it's something that we all face. We forget about the love of God. And so like Matt said, and echoing Whitney, um, we need to meditate, think about, dwell on uh, this distinguishing mark of love that a Christian has, um, or to use Whitney's language, he said, uh, love is the both the badge and the character of the Christian. And so when we meditate on the love that we've received, that's regenerated our heart that we didn't deserve, right? <laughs> like, uh, and we begin to think about it in practical manners as well. How can I better express this? How can I you know, am I keeping a record of wrongs? Am I, you know, thinking about first Corinthians 13? Am I, am I assuming the best? Am I hoping all things, you know, um, or am I assuming the worst or I have despair over the circumstance or in this relationship? So by meditating, we can help to take our thoughts captive and our, and direct our hearts in more godly ways. Um, the second one he offers is to let your heart be often warmed by the fire of God's love. Mm. God is the source of the love that flames in the Christian heart. We must bask in his love before we can expect it to constantly blaze forth from us towards other. What that means is that we are frequently in our time of prayer uh, and meditating on scripture we are we are letting some aspect of God's love, especially the cross, allure our attentions uh, like like the flames in a fireplace, right? So we're we're directing our minds and our hearts on that love that God, you know, has warmed us with, brought our dead bodies and hearts to life, right? Um, and, and what happens when we when we uh, get kind of sucked in into that love that, that we've received from God is, is we begin to extend it to others again. Um, I love this, this little quote here. 
um, some Dutch minister said in the late 1600s that having communion with God will cause us to grow warm in love. If you'll notice anything about Whitney, if you're listening to our podcast, you're, one big takeaway uh, from Donald Whitney's work, collective works, is he is after um, cultivating these these moments of communion with God on a daily basis, like in the in the heart of a Christian, right? We cannot stress, Matt and I cannot stress enough the necessity to carve out rhythms in your life where you are communing with God, you are praying and journaling and reading his word, meditating, a fasting, um, doing intentional evangelism. All, all of these things only help you to um, think more deeply about the goodness of God and his love for you as a believer. And so, man, it kind of, that's the threshold, right? The threshold is always going to be on meditating with Whitney, especially, and we would argue the same, but the threshold is always going to be on meditating and then making time to commune with God. And then we start to walk it out, right? So what, what what's another way um, uh, Whitney talks about cultivating this love? Yeah, so it talks about discover assurance that God is your father by loving as he loves. So because God love is of God, the inspired apostle John reasons, therefore, everyone who loves is born of God. So as God's nature is love, we are his children. And so that would be our um our, our recognition of that. So um he uses a, an illustration where if you and this is unfortunately telling of the day and age but he says um i recently saw a baby alligator if i pointed to it and claimed that's my child no one would take me seriously now we know <laughs> that in society today most people would affirm him in that but yeah. the reality is um you look like who you belong to right that's right if you look at my children they look like a combination of my wife and i they look at neil's children they're a combination of neil and his wife right that we look like who we belong to and so um, those who are born of god they have his nature imprinted upon them um, and then if you love to love others because you experience genuine joy at the joy prompted in others by your actions take heart those who show love, such love are the children of God. Man, I, I don't know how many people I've run across. I, I counseled a, a 94-year-old lady um, who was really struggling with an assurance of salvation. And, and the reality is she was not doing things that was externally loving. Yeah. She wasn't seeking to love people. She wasn't um, assembling with the saints. And so her assurance of her salvation was was feeling, you know, and there was nothing that we could point to except for some, you know, verbal statements that she made that would affirm that she truly believed. And it wasn't until I said, well, let's come to church and then let's start loving others that she was able to say after several months that, no, no, I really find joy in loving others and and we were able to reflect on that and walk through first john but but yeah there's there's this level of we can point to the fact that we love others and loving others provides joy not in the natural affectionate sense but in the supernatural sense yeah 
Yeah. And then we, you know, to kind of fast forward, it's, um, man, we imitate God, right? So as God extends love to those around us, we also extend, we want to imitate those behaviors. And the, and the best image to imitate is Christ himself. And one of the things that I appreciate about Jesus Christ is his compassion that he shows, right? He, he does not withhold. He deals with physical needs, but he, but he also deals with the spiritual needs. I think a lot of people sometimes read the gospels, Matt, and they'll go, okay, like, how do we feed people? How do we clothe people? Like, let's, you know, let's get real practical. But the, what they miss is that Jesus never, he may start with practical, but he doesn't stay there. He goes to the heart. And that's because of compassion. This ancient compassion drives him uh, to forgiveness of sins, to calling people to repent and believe on him. Uh, but he also loves them in tangible, you know, ways as well. And so, you know, we want to, if you want to know what you're to imitate, you're to imitate Christ if you are a Christian. I mean, that's the what the word Christian means. It means little little Christ's. We want to be a little Christ. <laughs> so we imitate the one that we follow. Uh, that's what it means to be a disciple of Christ. And so, and, and then lastly, and this this is probably the most, um, uh, what's the word, practical, maybe, uh, it counsel in this chapter, is to identify those re- relationships where you most need to grow in love. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, there are people all around us who maybe we don't get along or maybe a hurt uh, we've experienced uh, from someone else or maybe people are outright sinning against you. I don't know. This one can be really hard. Um, but what what Whitney's inducing in us is to consider who are those people that I'm bitter towards? Who are those people that I may have resentment for? Who are those people that maybe you envy? Like you, you and your heart and your thought life are sinning actively against them, whether they know it or not. And identify that, repent of that, and begin to express the love that God has expressed to you to others. Um, you can take initiative in showing love uh, to these to these people, uh, especially when you have no expectation uh, to receiving something back. Again, this is not about reciprocation. This is about obeying the will of God. And so, you know, we want to encourage you today, if you're listening to this podcast, I want to encourage you, man, to take initiative in this this area. This is something that we have to cultivate in our own hearts. It, it doesn't necessarily come easy. Remember, the flesh and the spirit are at war within the believer. Uh, they are in opposition to one another. And your flesh is going to say, I want to be selfish. I want, I want, you know, or they hurt me. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing nothing for them or I'm not going to be nice to my wife today because she was ugly when we woke up, whatever the case is, um, and put that to death by the power of the spirit, because the spirit of God dwells in you. He is, uh, enabling you, strengthening you to obey. And so obey, um, go and, and cultivate this loving affection towards others because that is who our God is. Um, we we hope you were encouraged and edified today by this podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe. 
and uh, leave us a leave us a review or you know you can find us on on social media as well. I uh, want to encourage you guys, man, give us some feedback. If you got any questions or want to talk about stuff further, man, Matt and I are always here to discuss those things with you. Until next time, guys, Neil and Matt, we out.